like Romeo and Juliet. Hot sex on a platter just to get you wet. Whoa. You're about to get something you will never regret. Jesus. And it's going to be the grunt. This is what I bet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> As always, I am Landon, kiss and tell Solano, Ooh. joined always by my co-host, Truman. Keep it in your pants, Caps. <laughs> I I refuse. I don't tell me what to do. <laughs> We're not recording in the same place. You can't, you can't control what my pants are doing. Uh... <laughs> Very true, and I would be a hypocrite if I tried to, because uh, it is very hot in my apartment. Um, oh, really? As, Mine too. Uh, as the summer months are upon us, uh, but I am I'm doing everything I can to keep it cool in here. But uh, Truman, first of all, first and foremost, yes, it is good to speak with you. It's been a few weeks off. Yes, um, a handful of things of. Occurred in the have world, they? I think. A couple, uh, a little just, bit. Yeah, just yeah, a, th- a thing or two just... has been going on <laughs> that have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, things have been going on for a long time, but uh, things have come to a head very recently. Uh, yes, in, yeah. Um, I would agree with you. The, the 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 ongoing structural racism of America did not prevent us from making our podcast from for the past three years, but um, then it sort <laughs> maybe of maybe it should have. Yeah, maybe maybe we should have been been brainstorming about making a podcast about a Tim Allen show, and then said, "No, actually, let's focus on racism <laughs> first." Because Landon, the two people who were going to solve it, oh, it was going to be yeah. us. If we weren't doing this, I think so. we would have been. Uh, these two privileged white guys would have been the ones to do it. I, since we are nearing, uh, well, we're well into the second half of our our uh, series of our this entire podcast project. I think we need to start tracking and evaluating our effectiveness for eradicating uh, racism. Well, I mean, uh, you know, Trump is still president, and he has been the whole time we've been doing this, so we haven't we haven't yeah. cracked that one. We haven't. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I was I was really hoping uh, we could have an impeachment episode, but I don't know. Maybe we still can. <laughs> um. Yeah. But yeah, so shit. Let, shit was going on, and yeah, important and shit. stuff that we should probably be serious about. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, state your your few thought th- thoughts here. Uh. Well, certainly Black Lives Matter, and I think that's the official position yeah. of this podcast. And one hundred percent. Um. What is going on out there is is necessary and good and i think that um you know for a long time i've been listening to politicians tell us that we need to have a national conversation about race and god i hope that this is it i hope that this is really it happening and um frankly you know i um I, yeah i'm just i i am i am hoping that that uh well this is great comedy content yeah no no no. i i want to i want to use i wanted to give you space to speak but uh i also want to kind of uh not throw you under the bus but just highlight the kind of stumbling nature of what you said uh to say that that's how i feel uh i don't i it feels weird to be doing a podcast generally uh right now it feels even weirder to be doing it about home improvement about a show that was on during you know the first or not the first but the you know 92 riots here in los angeles like there's just so many things that i'm having a hard time wrapping my head around um including social media for figuring out what is what and when is the right time to indulge in these things yeah i don't i don't know the the reason that I feel okay getting back into doing the podcast is that even if we put it out there, that doesn't mean people have to find it right now. Yes. You know, this is something for the future. If there are people that need a little bit of a break, you know, I'm glad to provide that. I personally wasn't in a place 
uh, you know, I don't want to go too personal on my own stuff, but you know, I went through something recently and was not in a mindset where I could even physically do this. So, um, I'm in a place now where I can kind of contextualize it in the grand scope of things, but want to make sure that we are, you know, really examining when it is going to be okay to um, start engaging on kind of irrelevant and superfluous things again. Uh, Yeah. Right now doesn't feel the time, but, you know, um, right now it's just a conversation between you and me and whoever's listening, and that feels okay for the time being. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we're not, um, I certainly, yeah, I, we're not really, we're not whistling past the graveyard here. I think we're all aware of what's going on. I think you and I both in our own way are trying to be, you know, contribute in our own lives to be a uh, part of this change, be part of this revolution and be a part of this, you know, what I, I hope is going to be a better country. And at the same time to stay sane during that, we're going to keep, or to stay insane during that, we're going to keep making our <laughs> our home improvement podcast. But I, yeah, just don't, yeah. please don't don't uh, interpret any of our our uh, the frivolousness that's about to come, or yeah. the frivolousness before this, where Landon was talk singing a rap about <laughs> Romeo and Juliet and stuff. Don't take that to mean that we are like you know not engaged with this or not right having a lot of feelings about this and not uh, trying to show solidarity in this because those are all right. things that we're doing. And you know, I also want to say that. Uh, I think it's important. I, I can't speak for Truman, but uh, definitely for myself. Want to say that you know I, I am confident and and proud of everything we've done on grunt work up till now. But definitely don't want to take the mindset that anything we say, even with good intentions, could be construed in certain ways. So I personally want to be open to hearing any views that might differ from ours or uh, ways that we can improve or I could, let me put that in the eye, that I can improve in how I speak or say things. So if there's a joke that might seem insensitive, even though that's never my intention, I would like to know that so that I can, you know, change my behaviors and learn to move forward on things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, I, you know, goes I only say me. that because we, we harp on that week after week after week. <laughs> you know, taking Tim to task for that. So I just want to, you know, live by demonstration by saying I genuinely feel that way and want to open that door for those discussions if need be. Yes, yes. Uh, seconded, both of us. So uh, that that's our promise to you, our offer to you, whatever. We're all, we're trying to be better people. We're trying to be a better podcast. Um, and... How do you segue from that into joke ups? I don't, I don't 100% know, but, um, well, well, look, let me, maybe I should just, uh, I, well, I have a, I have another preamble thing if you want that. Okay. Is, okay. goes into the frivolity of all this. Okay. Well, per, let's ease into the frivolity. Let, let's go like that. that um, thus ends our, our, our very special <laughs> announcements. <laughs> we have, um, a longtime listener, uh, a patron, uh, Miss Farah, who does our Marty count, Marty. Um, she uh, juice in your count. Gonna, yeah, we're this. You know how Tim has grunt clusters. I think we have uh, like grunt pairings. Yeah, or I'm saying Marty pairings, where <laughs> one of us says it and then the other one immediately says it. Like it's becoming a pattern. They're they're called so they're, she's, they're, they're called Marty yeah. parties. Let's be real. <laughs> um, but Farah has done you and I. A huge favor, Turbin. Yes. She set out 
I, I don't have the context behind this. Maybe it was just for fun. I'm not sure. But she re-listened to our episode about Jill's surprise birthday party. Oh, no. And on that episode, we mentioned that uh, Jill Taylor and Tim Taylor are credited in the movie Leave it to Beaver. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And we and we were <laughs> unsure as to whether we were going to watch that and, and see or not. So she did the hard work and watched the movie. Oh, my God. And thank God she did, because uh, just as we suspected, it was an episode of Home Improvement on a television screen. Well, okay, now that works out really well first obviously Farah my hat I, I know goes I off have you. I have reservations as well but, but please for, state yes. your case first Farah thank you so much for doing yes. that thank you for taking <laughs> one for the team I think okay now and I, I I hesitate to even bring this up but I'm pretty sure on that episode don't we say something like we need like the we need like the Mythbusters like they had uh, the 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 other group of Mythbusters <laughs> yes. who bust the smaller myths I I yeah. was not impl- like I don't if anything you are more of a Mythbuster than we are because you're actually doing the hard work while we sit here in our ivory tower with our with our home improvement and only home improvement watching um <laughs> but that is that is we watched re- bigfoot that, okay we did watch big and we watched magic island but there was no pizza tree in uh in leave it to beaver um not that we know if we didn't watch it how do we know for actually sure? yes okay pharaoh right in let us know um <laughs> it, look, check the pizza tree count um but i just think that's so like that, that what kind of what kind of crazy deal is that where you get to be credited as tim taylor because someone in a movie was watching an episode of a tv show you were on that's just that's this is ridiculous. where i take umbrage actually yeah uh, because what where I found that information was on the IMDb cast list for Leave It to Beaver. Now, the way that that stuff is usually handled is that it will say, uh, you know, Tim Allen archive footage, and then mm-hmm. it will be credited under Tim Allen as self. Yeah. But this is him credited as Tim Taylor. So I, I think that there's a erroneous um, credit on IMDb here. Yeah. Well, hey, and what and what really, Landon, is our life if not one long campaign to root out inaccuracies on IMDb? <laughs> uh, I I don't know, but it is certainly a personal crusade of mine. <laughs> and and well, now and now I think uh, Farah has entered into that personal crusade as well. You're like a you're like a buddy cop duo. <laughs> Perfect. Um. But uh, let's get into um some more recent stuff. This yes. Week we watched an episode of Home Improvement, as we do most weeks. Did we ever? Yes, not the we last are couple weeks. So, so close to the end of the season. I feel like we've taken about six mid-season breaks in the middle of this season. Well, it's also uh, been a lot. A lot of shit has happened during this season. Like we, every season, <laughs> season we joke, five has spanned seven years. E- e- well, I mean, that and is ev- true. every season, if you listen now, and I'm, you know, fair. If you want to now go back and check this, every season you will notice us saying like, "Oh man, season three felt like it took twenty years," but this time it it actually like a lot of stuff has gone on. <laughs> when we started season five, Absolutely. it was like, "Oh man, can you believe it? They're actually going to impeach the president," and now it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and when we were and when we were almost done with season five, it was like, oh man, can you believe we all have to stay inside because of this kooky illness? And like, like th- th- season five has been yeah. the most active season politically for us. That yeah, socially, nationally, globally, for sure. Yes, uh, no, no contesting that. But we watched an episode. Yes. Why don't you tell us what it was all about, Landon? I would be honored to tell you what it's all about. Uh, when Tim's mom and his. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I fucked it up. I fucked it up right out of the gate. But I'll, I'll probably Comic edit timing. This out. That's gold, baby. Uh, I, I clearly, I haven't, I haven't lost a beat. Truman, I am very sincere about what I'm about to say to you. 
Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you doing the synopsis. Uh, thank you, Landon. You, you uh, are a good friend. Okay. Tim's mom and his old shop teacher, Mr. Leonard, are still dating, and things are getting pretty hot and heavy. But when Tim and Jill catch Mr. Leonard on a date with another woman at a fancy restaurant, he's furious that a man he looks up to could be so disrespectful to his mother. When Tim confronts Mr. Leonard, he admits that he's been trying to break things off with the other woman, but agrees to hurry it up and become a one-woman man. Dun-dun-dun! Can you guess what question I'm about to ask you? Is it related to the title? Perhaps guessing that it is not. It is not. It's, oh yeah. Uh, it's a question in your synopsis. Um, you said they are still dating, and I don't know if I just have quarantine brain. When did they start dating? There was an episode, and now I don't remember how long ago this episode was because we were just discussing the timeline. Here is a bit hazy for everybody, <laughs> but there yeah. was an episode where, where like at the same time as like it's the episode where Tim is. Like, well, this is her only. This is Tim's mom's second appearance on the show, so it had yes. to be her first appearance. Yeah, it was her first appearance. It was earlier this season, and it was just yeah. You know, he feels like you know she she's upset that she cannot ever really have a deep conversation with Tim. And then in that same episode, Mister Leonard, his longtime shop teacher, comes back in the picture, oh, and they kind of rekindle right. a romance. That's my mama. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And now you remember. Um, <laughs> That was was that like a, a B plot to that episode? That was an episode where there was kind of one big plot stew yeah, with like chunks okay. and 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 odds and ends of a bunch of different plots thrown into it, just like a fair, just like a subpar gumbo, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, uh, yeah, I I when you said still, I was like, wait, they dated before, but uh, well, I, I as evidenced by this irrelevant. episode, the fact that they are already an item and that Tim is used to fair. this being a thing. Yeah, okay. I guess that makes sense. Um, so, do you want to g- g- guess that title? I would love to. Um, I and I don't think any of my I don't think any of my options are that great. So, uh, so we'll just see. Um, well, neither is the actual title. So, that, well, hey, you ma- might be right on the money. Maybe all this the cr- is for the first uh, the first slot machine slot. I guess. What do you call those things? Uh, uh, yeah, price slot. Yeah. For our Chalupa Challenge. I feel like there's like seven slots on this slot machine, though. This is one of those ones where it's like a huge payout, <laughs> but you you can it's no, statistically impossible. I, I, no, this one has exactly three. You have guess that title. We have one character actor, and uh, there's one grunt count to guess. So Meh. there are literally three. And yet, and yet, in my experience, the house always wins. Um, <laughs> okay, first option. The yes. Che- the cheating teacher. Eh? Eh. Eh? Okay. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Someone got more critical during the break. Um, second option. All shop, no class. <laughs> eh? Because it's not classy to, to two-time sure. your girlfriend. Eh? Uh, you know what? I, I, I like that title. Good. Good. Good, I'm glad you do. Uh, and last one, shopping around. As in holy your... Holy shit, Truman. Wait, did I... Ding, 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 Holy shit, no, I didn't, I got it, I won? Holy shit. You got it, sir. Shopping around. 
was broadcast first on May 7th, 1996, directed by Andy Kadiff and written by the comedy team of Rosalind Moore and Howard J. Morris. Sir, Big without money. being prompted for a clue, no you whammy. got the title for this episode. Oh my god. Now I know what everyone on Wheel of Fortune feels like when they <laughs> solve the puzzle. I literally, in my head, I heard the, the Wheel of Fortune da, 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 thing play when I got that. This is the... <laughs> God damn it. This is amazing. We're, we are going to be now, all right, folks. Here's the thing. I'm going to reiterate what I said in the last episode we recorded. I have, until you got that right, I had the utmost confidence in my guess in the grunt count. And every time you get something right and the pressure tends to seep onto my shoulders, I have less and less confidence in, uh, <laughs> in my guess. Uh, listeners, you are never going to get your chalupas. I promise you this. <laughs> that is, God, that is a, that is a, Fucking June miracle right there. Um, wow. Shopping around. Shopping around. Um, okay, great. Man. Well, then let's take let's take this positive energy into the personal reflections. Landon. Yeah, how did you feel about this episode? No, Landon. <laughs> I beat you to it. No, how did you feel? You always beat me to it, and I, I, I'm trying to be a kinder, gentler Truman. <laughs> how did you feel about this episode? I want your personal reflections first. I liked it. Uh, okay. I was, I mean, it, it's, I don't think it's one for the ages, but. For what it was, um, you know, I feel like it, it could have veered into problematic territory, but they kept it light and they found a really good balance, I think, between being funny without being too disrespectful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that said, you know, it's it's a very 90s approach to tell this from the story, uh, <laughs> tell this from the perspective of the man's point of view. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's a much more interesting a story to be told of like, well, uh, Tim's mom just is there and at the beck and whimsy of whatever Mr. Leonard decides. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's, I guess, worth pointing out to some degree. But she's kind of uh, a she's what, kind of a bystander in the story, a MacGuffin, really. <laughs> right. Um, or a mom. Guffin. But I think. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not wrong. No, but I, I'm I'm debating whether I want an apology for that. Uh, all in all, I think the thing I like most about this episode that I haven't seen on any other episode uh, of of the show, period, is that every single character in this show, uh, in this particular episode, gets a hilarious line. True. True. I guess there's everybody not, does get not, there. Yeah. And I mean, it's not even that they're given a joke, but they're giving given a high quality joke that gets a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm talking Brad gets one, Mark gets one, Randy gets one, Al gets one, Wilson gets one, Mr. Leonard gets one. I mean, every single person on the uh, the cast gets one. Even the nameless waiter gets gets one. Like they <laughs> Well, they... he's not so nameless as we'll get into. Oh boy. Oh, okay. Okay. Um yeah, yeah, no, that's those those are all those are all good points. Like they definitely everybody kinda gets their due. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like so I mean it, as we just said, Tim's mom is the one that kind of gets, you know, thrown under the bus a little bit here. But even even so, you know, she has a lot of humorous interactions that, you know, got a chuckle out of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you feel about this? 
Uh, well, I man, you know, I felt less warm about it than you did. Although I think mm. a certain amount of that is because I, I watched this during uh, over lunch today, and first I watched a Frasier episode, and then I put on a Home Improvement. Oh, and I, you're setting yourself up I, for failure. It, it's like <laughs> you know, and it's like it's like it's like brushing your teeth and then drinking a glass of orange juice. Like why? <laughs> why would I do that? Why would I do that? I don't know. I don't know why uh, you would do that. I should have known better. Um, I feel like this episode. I, I guess I was, and maybe that's why it conditioned me to say this, but I feel like this episode had a lot of potential that was wasted. I think yeah, that, I um, agree with that. I think that, it, you know, this is Mr. Leonard, who Tim has talked about in a previous episode, you know, was like a father figure to him after his dad died. And so he's got this father figure who's dating his mother, already these complicated feelings. Then he finds out this guy's cheating on his mother. <laughs> Wow, you 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 can tell. Even if you hadn't told me you watched Frasier beforehand, the way you're psychoanalyzing that, I could tell that you did. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, Tim, this must have been a, a very uh, emotionally wrought situation for you. Crack into it. Let's really talk about what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, and let me tell you, there was a Frasier episode we watched a couple days ago where, where Frasier asks his dad some kind of question, and his dad just grunts at him. He says, now, is that your, I don't want to talk about this grunt, or is that I bow before your <laughs> wisdom Fraser grunt and he grunts again is that enough to justify us doing post home improvement grunt work on Fraser? i i think that absolutely is enough yes i mean i already know i already know the series-wide grunt count for Fraser, but fuck it 11 seasons let's go <laughs> all right great it'll, it'll keep you know that'll uh keep us uh keep this world spinning um but uh, so, but yeah, I mean, there's just like so many, there's a lot of emotional stakes, but also that would like lay the groundwork for some really good comedy of like, you know, Tim knows some, Tim knows that this is going on, but like Al doesn't know that Tim, not, I'm sorry, uh, Art, Mr. Leonard doesn't know that Tim knows and Tim's mom doesn't know about this and like these multiple layers of like deception and trying to keep things from one another. Yeah. I feel like there were a lot of ways that this could have been very like very funny and they could have used this concept to its fullest and really gone somewhere with it and they just didn't they kind of went halfway to it but nothing they, really completely they flirted through. with farce they they uh, really did particularly in the the restaurant, restaurant. episodes and yes. those were certainly the the highlight of this episode to me yeah yeah no the restaurant bits were, were the top um and also my other my other issue is at the end like at the end, Tim's mom, uh, you know, when when Art finally confesses to her that he was seeing another woman, Tim's mom reveals that, oh, I knew that, you know, how did someone tell you? I could just, yeah. I just figured it out from how Tim and Jill were acting. So it's like, hey, I did, like, is Tim's mom just Columbo or something? Like, how is she? <laughs> oh, Tim and Jill are acting funny. That means my boyfriend is cheating on me, I guess. Uh, but we don't know. I mean, she would be the age of uh, Mrs. Columbo. Ah, yes, the long, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Columbo, as elusive a figure as Vera Peterson. Um... <laughs> But then the other, just that she forgives him immediately, doesn't put him through anything, so that really the arc of this episode is, is Mr., uh, Mr. Leonard is doing something objectively bad, Tim scolds him lightly for it, Mr. Leonard explains that, hey man, you know, yes, I am doing that bad thing, but it's been tough for me since my wife died, and then he just gets away with it. It's like... That was the... It unraveled quite a bit for me in that those few moments as well. Um, but I, I think that had this been like, well, obviously they wouldn't put Tim in a, a situation like this, but I, I don't know. I mean, you could tell that the writers just 
needed to wrap up the episode and just kind of banked on, well, they're elderly, so they're more mature and can handle it uh, a lot easier. Is that, yeah, that um, which is why the episode ends on a string of like half a dozen old people jokes. Like, I love you more than Metamucil. Oh, I love you more than my hip replacement. I love you more than Werther's Originals. I love you more than Pepperidge Farm Remembers. And, and so wow. on and so forth. <laughs> I would call you out for um, being ageist there, but the fact that you know that many old references really speaks to how old you are in your soul. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I can't call you a hypocrite too much. I I, I like uh, I, I wear slippers all the time, and I I, I can do, attest I, to that. I do I do love Andy Griffith, and um, <laughs> that's it. That's pretty much that's pretty much all. I'm trying to think what other old people stuff I do. I'm cranky. Oh, well. I'm very cranky. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. so yeah. So that's out of the way. So I guess the podcast is over, right? We don't we don't spend another hour talking or anything, right? No, not at all. No. Not at all. Uh, but uh, oh wait, no, I forgot. I'm looking. Uh, this just in. Yeah. Ooh, Foley work. Yep. Uh, just, this is breaking news. We do. We do. We do more. Oh, we do shit. Do more. Oh, man. We, oh, we, we, we do do. It's, that's one way of describing <laughs> this podcast. Well, then. And uh, uh, speaking of doo-doo, let's thank some patrons. Oh, wow, man. We're really, really just, just beat them up. <laughs> yeah, Landon. <laughs> thanks some patrons. Who are, who are some special people who you want to thank? Uh, these are patrons that I do, do want to thank. Oh, um, boy. <laughs> Run with the bit. <laughs> See, you just gotta. The joke's in there somewhere. You can make it work if you just commit yourself to it. Yeah, it's IKEA uh, jokes. <laughs> uh, so, thank you to our uh, patrons Tara, Kirsty, John, Tom, John. Now, I wanna I wanna pause there. Do you yeah. hear hear how I didn't end John with a a period? I, I, the, I, the tone of my voice added a comma. Oh, because we aren't finished yet. What? Normally we would be finished, but we have uh we have a comma and we have an and, <gasps> and it's Mister Mason. Hey, has, uh, he has in our our two weeks off here increased his uh uh tier from the one that he was at to the next one up, and then uh the week after that increased it. To the the Al Pal tier, so yeah. he's uh, he's making moves, and he's moved his way up to the Al Pal level. We'll see if he continues. I don't want to I don't want to like put the pressure on him to to stay until we start charging again. But I, I just want to say I got a, I got an eye out. I got yeah. an eye out. Yeah. I mean, he's not getting anything right now for being an Al Pal. Nobody is except access to our Grunt Work Nights episodes, which is more punishment than reward. Trust me. <laughs> I just want to say I've got a I've got an eye out. I'm watching I'm watching things. I'm watching you, Mason, and uh, we're things are being noted. Things are being uh, discussed. There, there's a whole podcast in just tracking what our patreons are up to. <laughs> it's not a good podcast, but there's a whole podcast yeah. to be made there. It's grunt work nights nights, and it's literally just me and Truman talking and then listening back to our conversation. It's already eerily similar to our current thing. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So I want to thank you uh, to all of our patrons, uh, including and especially Mason, for um, uh, doubling down on your contributions. It's it's definitely appreciated, and uh, we'll be in communication with everybody um, whenever we decide to uh, start those payments up again uh, so that you can kind of plan your life around that. Um, should we go into the 
the reason we do this show? Sherman? Yes, yes, we should. Let's do it. Do you see what I did there? I, I spoke backwards. I, I, I did. I did. It was good. It was like a real Twin Peaks moment. Show Truman. Yeah. Show yeah. Truman. Truman. Yeah. I, yeah. I know, Landon. I'm not. I, I'm not reaching through the phone and smacking you right now. So that's a sign to quit while you're ahead. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm doing it, because it's through the phone and not in person. Yeah, I'm going to save we these up, We open <laughs> on Tool Time, and it's Metal Week. Yes, and and are they shredding on guitars and uh, kicking over amps? No, they are not. Unfortunately, no, they are not. No. That would have been an amazing way to to begin this uh, this episode. Having Heidi come out with, like, big hair uh, doing, I don't know, I don't want to go completely sexual with it, with the white snake reference, but... Uh, <laughs> but you've, you've said white snake, and now everyone everyone's thinking it. You've put it in our heads. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's just as bad. I'll own up to that. I'm sorry, guys. So anyway, Heidi comes out, she introduces Tim and Al, and they uh, <laughs> they come out, and uh, the grunt creep comes out with them and kind of like does a little pirouette in front of the camera and then falls flat on his face, as usual. Not, not quite. I want to, you, because you're putting the, the responsibility on the shoulders of the grunt creep there. He comes out his on a narrow, little board. His narrow metal shoulders. <laughs> there's, his there's, paperclip shoulders. He comes out standing on a board, and then somebody or something, whoever's controlling the board... Yanks it out from underneath him, so he has no reason or he has no no choice but to fall. Oh, I see. It's like a, it's almost like a vaudeville gag. He's getting yanked off the stage, <laughs> kind of. But it's it's being the board is being yanked away, and then he's falling like wily e. coyote down through the bottom of the frame. He's hold up holds up a sign that just says help, and then another sign that says <laughs> home improvement. <laughs> he is the sign that says home improvement. Ah, yes, yes. Um. But yeah, they they come out and Tim introduces, you know, Tim the Toolman Taylor and Al Metalhead Borland and then he knocks twice on Al's head and Klaus plays a clank clank sound which yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you called out Klaus cuz there's a moment when that happened where I'm like, "Oh, they're still using Klaus." And then I'm like, "But I don't think we've heard the name Klaus or Tim call out Klaus since like season 2." Oh no, it's been more recent than that. It just You think so? Yes, yeah, hmm. they've mentioned Klaus more recently. It just has gotten lost in the flotsam and jetsam of of everything on this show. <laughs> fair, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair. Uh I if not this season then certainly in the last season, but it hasn't been that long. Okay. Um but they announced that in honor of Metal Week they're going to have uh, Art Leonard, Tim's old metal shop teacher, come out and talk about you know, doing shit with metal, I guess. <laughs> uh, and Yeah, I didn't quite get the project they were doing. They have a sheet of metal and, um, oh no, no, that's even later in the episode uh, with the hammer. That That's the hammer bit. This so, is just, yeah, this I don't just know. metal gutters. It's like chromed out metal gutters. Uh, right, yeah. Okay. Um, And yeah, Mr. Leonard's starting to talk about uh, how you would do certain things. Um, and he's like, and we can go into, uh, doing flashing on the roof. Um, and Tim, you know, goes into one of his shticks, uh, you know, it's we, better than flashing on the street. And, and, and he mimics flashing. Like, it's like, we could yeah. explain these to you, or we could just say what the setup is. And you <laughs> devoted listeners of the show will understand where Tim is going to go with it. Exactly. But what I liked about this was, uh, uh, Mr. Leonard <laughs> gives him this, like, uh, shut up and wait in the hall look and Tim what I liked about Tim's performance even though it was you know not the funniest joke in the world was when he gets kind of hot under the collar and knows he's made a faux pas and won't look at the person that he's enraged yeah 
Yeah, that I always find that a little bit funny. And that's kind of what's happening here is uh, uh, Mr. Leonard is giving him the shut up and wait in the hall look. And Tim refuses to look at him and continues with his shenanigans while sweating. <laughs> and, and also, I, I feel like Mr. Leonard is giving Tim the look, the one that all Ooh. the guys at Harry's Hardware live in fear of yeah. getting from their wives. You're it's right. It's he like is. it's wives and uh, shop class teachers who they are who they are equally scared of. We can't put all of that that uh, stereotypical power onto to women uh, onto the the hard nosed wife caricature. It can also be done by hard nosed shop teacher men. Yes, yes, and, and you like know, that. don't engage in those ugly stereotypes about shop teachers. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, they're gonna and I want to. I want to point out here too when, while the joke that Al makes here, while uh, Tim is doing all this, Al just tried to like he chimes in as like, I never uh, when I was in school, I never spoke until I was called on, <laughs> and Mr. Leonard's like, did I call on you? He's like, no, <laughs> and he sheepishly walks off. I, I thought he was about going to go walk out and, and stand in the hall. Honestly, I thought that was how <laughs> obedient Al was going to be. <laughs> But anyway, so come they're going to talk about how you put up the gutters on the side of the house. And Tim, oh, wouldn't you know it? He's got a big, fancy, hyper-powered nail gun that he mm-hmm. uh, wants to use to do that. And he starts playing around with it, mock shooting it at the crowd, mock shooting it at everyone. And there, Mr- Yeah, this is weird. It's like a, this whole segment is a weird cocktail of things we've seen before. Yes. Because we've seen the nail gun bit before. We've yeah. seen the Mr. Leonard bit before. We've seen the, you know... Tim and Al being obedient students to Mr. Leonard bit before. It's if I had to name the cocktail, it would probably be a Harvey drywall banger or Harvey son drywall hanger. You, I, you son of a bitch. I, I, you, you were you were talking you were describing and setting it up. And I was just sitting here like cocktails, cocktails, cocktails. <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, but yeah, no, it is. It is, though. It is just kind of, kind of a blend of so many other bits that they've done here. I mean, this is right. I think this, we've even done Metal Week before. To oh, be yeah. Perfectly honest with you. I'm sure. And I bet honestly. And I think Tim probably made a joke about heavy metal in in one of those <laughs> bit setups. Um. Yeah, but so he's playing around with the with the nail gun, and then, uh, yeah, wouldn't you know it, he shoots Mr. Leonard in the butt, and Mr. Leonard goes <laughs> running off stage, clutching his butt. Uh, <laughs> gotta love a good butt gag. Uh, and, yeah, the scene ends with Tim. Uh, I kind of also like this little moment where Tim goes uh, to... Al tries to throw it to commercial, and then they go to uh, uh, tend to Mr. Leonard, and Tim knows exactly to, like the weirdest detail what exactly you need to remove a nail from yeah. somebody's butt yeah give me like a first aid kit a vacuum hose and a magnet <laughs> uh that was a, a funny little detail to me uh and then we get a magnet transition to the theme song yes um and let me just say i going off of this and as we go into the opening credits i'm thinking like ah yes so tim has invited his shop teacher onto the show accidentally uh-huh. injured him and the whole uh-huh. and the rest of the episode is going to be the fallout from what happens when you <laughs> publicly humiliate and injure uh, a man who you respect and hold as a mentor figure and it'll be about tim dealing with that and again um, i can sense that you watched fraser before this <laughs> i even even when i wasn't double teaming fraser and home improvement at the same time it's um i i I am the I have, I'm the dumbest man alive, Landon. Every single episode, I see the cold open and think like, ah, I know I know what this episode's gonna do. I 
the the like I watch loads of sitcoms. I know where we're going with this. And Home Improvement <laughs> always throws me for a loop. I give the show a lot of credit. Like I never can predict what this show is gonna do. Well, you've got three more seasons to figure out that algorithm, and uh, maybe by it, the end of season eight, you'll you'll know exactly how the show's gonna end. Algorithm or Al. Algorithm. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I had a note for the theme song, and I'm not even going to go into it this week. Uh, algorithm that, or algorithm, which is, I guess, algor like playing Jesus. drums in a jazz combo. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't, I've tried so hard. I can't do it on command. I wish that I could, but one of my favorite things I used to do was sing uh, Love Shack the B-52s in the voice of Al Gore. Oh, my God. <laughs> because Fred Schneider and Al Gore's voice are very similar. Oh, wow. Um, oh, that's interesting. I'm, uh, I'm just trying to I, think I now. highly recommend people try that. I invented the internet. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't doing parodies of Love Shack. I was literally just singing the Love Shack lyrics in Al Gore's voice. It doesn't matter. I, I, was, I wasn't doing a parody of Love Shack. I was doing a parody of Fred Schneider. Thank you very much. But... <laughs> We will continue. We will continue. We go to the living room where old man Brad comes downstairs with the Binford sports ball. Yeah. Um, and he starts complaining about uh, grandma's perfume. Yeah. Um, to Jill, who's sitting on the couch studying. Yes. And Jill explains to him and the audience like us who have forgotten that, oh, well, she's getting ready for a big date with Mr. Leonard. And, you know, your life doesn't end when you're a senior citizen. They still go on dates. And... Brad responds, well, I guess you'll find out for yourself in a few years. <laughs> and credit to Jill. I mean, this is kind of a weird and creepy thing to say, but I think it's deserving for that sort of snottiness that Brad just gave her. She's like, well, you know, the oldest is the one that has to give the mother uh, sponge baths. <laughs> <laughs> she really just she full on threatens to Norman Bates him in, in her old age. <laughs> I love it. I like to think that she's like reading up on Oedipus complexes in her uh, her psychology book as she's <laughs> diving. Out. She's like, where can I find new insults for these kids? Uh, oh, I know. Let's just switch to the O section. <laughs> she yeah, she probably uh, I mean, th th that is something that she would totally use as a weapon. It's just like she's she's learned <laughs> about it and she's like, oh, I could really fuck up the kids with this for good if I said this to him. And then in the moment, she's like, fuck them. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> Uh, and then cue Tim to come downstairs complaining about the perfume. <laughs> yeah. And Tim says something I don't understand, uh, where, yep. where he complained, you know, I, why do women think we want to want them to smell like flowers? And Jill oh says, God, you almost went like Andrew Dice Clay with that. <laughs> hey, hey, oh! uh, hey, little Miss Muffet. Hey, smells like roses. Uh, but Jill asks, what do you want us to smell like? And Tim says, cigars, spray some essence of stogie. I have... <laughs> never smelled a cigar and thought even even like that's a pleasant smell let alone like that's a smell that makes me feel amorous and attracted uh -huh. to the person doing it like nothing about yeah, the latter no. point is is uh very worth considering especially in the context of what they're talking about here i will say I, regular stogies no um i'm not very familiar with the realm of cigars and tobacco products but i think it's clove cigarettes uh, there's there's something that has like a very sweet smell to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what what that is. You know, listeners, write in and let me know my ignorance. But <laughs> uh, Gruntwork um, cigar aficionados, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> I I used to enjoy until I you know realized how much toxins I was inhaling in 
secondhand through that. I do remember enjoying the the smell of those things. Whether I would, that doesn't turn me on necessarily. I wouldn't want a girl to smell that way. I wouldn't want a guy to smell that way for that matter. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you on this. Yeah. Okay, we're in agreement. We are that, in agreement. Yes, cigars <laughs> not not a good smell. Ladies, don't do it. That's not the that's that's not a hot Cosmo. Well, do it if uh, you want thing. to, but you well, know, yeah. Okay, it's ladies, not, not for us to say. Do whatever you want. Just stay away from us while you're while you're doing it. Take a shower <laughs> before you come to the grunt work reunion. Um. So and then. Knock at the door. Mr. Leonard arrives, dressed very nicely. Very uh, dapper. Very, yeah. Very dapper. Looking, looking honestly like one of the older gangsters in uh, Goodfellas at this point with the <laughs> quality of his suit. He knows exactly how thin to slice the garlic. Yeah. Uh, and he's looking for helicopters. Um, but, uh, yeah, he Tim invites him to take a seat, and he says, no, I can't because of what you did today on set. And I'm thinking, ah, aha, ah, here we go. Ah, here we go. And then, no, that that's the last mention there is. He throws a, a little joke out there, which I kind of got a kick out of, which is, I got shot in the butt in Korea, and it didn't hurt this much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that, that really just makes me wonder, what's going on with his butt? Like, is it magnetic? <laughs> like, you get shot once in the butt in your life, that's kind of an event, but to get shot it's, twice in the butt, that's lightning striking like lightning. twice. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, isn't that, well, maybe I'm, I, I, I think, I, okay, hold on, I'm having, I'm having a cross-memory fuck up here. Isn't okay, so I know there's there's the saying lightning never strikes twice in the same spot. Yeah. But isn't it more likely that if you're struck by lightning that you will be struck again? Um I think there's I I might be making that up, but I think there's science behind that. Okay. I mean I think there's science behind that. That sounds pretty convincing to me. <laughs> <laughs> you never... that's, that's all the data you need. Don't look it up anymore. I, I'm telling you, that's that's what it is right now. Uh, well, folks, it's we've decided we're going to reopen the economy and let people eat in restaurants <laughs> again. It, it's safe now. I think there's science behind that. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, wh- whether or not whether or not um, getting struck by lightning makes you more likely to get struck by lightning, uh, his ass has been struck twice, and maybe he's hoping that it'll get struck by lightning a third time on this date that he's going on. Uh, Okay, well, uh, we weren't going to go into his kinky uh, uh, fetishes here, but, you know, hey, if that's the direction we're heading, I'm ready. Well, it's it's hard not to go there, because when uh, Tim's mom comes downstairs, he gives her a huge and rather lengthy kiss right in front of everybody in the living room. (laughs) True, yes. Uh, (laughs) Very... Yeah, passionate. I mean, this is where I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I feel like I missed the story behind this romance here for it to be at this level. Um, but apparently, That's My Mama is an episode that has completely erased from my memory. So, um, <laughs> you've, got, well, you've, got, you've got to, you know, you've got to save room in the old hard drive for, you know, all those facts <laughs> about uh, Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> That's, you know what? You're not incorrect on that. No, nah, um, no, thank you. Tim Tim sees this kiss and it makes him you know slightly uncomfortable and complains to Jill about the length of their kiss, uh, and Jill, for the second time in like what two and a half minutes, sticks up for elderly people's sex drives. I, I know, yeah. She she says you need to be able to think of your mother as a sexual being, and Tim just writhes. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, when actually, did... that was later in the episode that she says that. But uh, she's no, like... it's it's right then and there. She says she says sexual being, and Tim Tim gets uncomfortable about it. I I don't know when though. Yeah, she she really did become a big elder sex a- advocate in this in this episode. <laughs> yeah, her line here was a. Uh, um, what do you want them to be doing? Eating dinner at four thirty and watching Matlock, oh. <laughs> which is 
not untrue of old people. I mean, I agree they might have sex drives that we don't uh, talk about, but they do eat dinner at 4.30 and they do watch Matlock, or at least they did. Well, they eat dinner at 4.30 so they can free up the evening for a whole lot of fucking, and then they watch Matlock afterwards. <laughs> They're on to a whole new schedule that we need to get on. If you're, See, that's if, what happens when you're retired. You don't have to worry about working till 6 or 7 p.m., being too tired when you get off of work to make time and schedule sex with your partner. You're just like, let's just eat early, and we have the entire night, baby. And if you're on oxygen, you can't smoke a cigarette afterwards, so what's the next best thing? Fire up a matlock. Watch <laughs> Andy Griffith defend people in court, which I assume is what he does. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, and then this is where Tim goes, you're not suggesting that they... And uh, we get a, a little uh, claymation Cupid flying into screen and hitting Tim in the face with a plunger. Um to transition us to the dining room a little yes. bit later where Mark and Randy are finishing up a game of checkers. The patented home improvement transition to the same place. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tim is Tim is in a suit. Okay, and this is a funny, this is a really funny bit here. This might be my favorite bit in the episode. Tim is in a suit getting ready and, you know, uh, the boys ask him what's up and he says, oh, I'm taking, <laughs> taking your mom out to a nice dinner. And Randy says, God, what'd you do wrong this time? <laughs> and Tim explains, you don't just take your wife out to dinner after you screw up. Sometimes you do it before you screw up, so when you screw up, she won't be as mad at you. And Randy goes, oh, so it's kind of like getting frequent screw-up miles. <laughs> He's like, I like that. <laughs> uh, and the the uh, power of that joke propels us, because the trolley isn't quite finished yet. It propels oh, really? us on joke power alone to JTT Junction for this week. You know, joke power is much more sustainable than whatever we run the the JTT trolley off of anyway. So we should we should look into doing some joke power on the show sometime. Oh, Might be a new, new, new self burn. <laughs> that but that's uh, that Landon. I have to warn you that self burn has generated so much CO two that uh, oh no. we've actually offset any gains from oh no. uh, joke power. Yeah, it's Damn it's it. bad. Um. So to remind listeners. <laughs> What JTT Junction is, because we haven't done it in a while. A, we've been off for weeks, and then we didn't do it in the last episode. Yes. So, uh, just as a a brief catch up, we oh, are in JTT great. Junction reading from excerpts. They all forgot from the book, totally JTT, the mm-hmm. unauthorized biography of Jonathan Taylor Thomas by Michael Ann Johns. Pe- people and- at home are just going like, "Oh, right, of course. Oh, I'm so glad he mentioned this." <laughs> We are uh, just starting chapter four. I hope uh, between now and the end of season five, we can at least finish with chapter four and decide if we want to continue this into season six. Um, <laughs> By popular demand. Four? I don't know. Too many numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I, I get what you mean. We're, this season is going so slowly, we're actually moving backwards. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Oh, God. If we have to get back to season three, I don't know if I can deal with it. Oh, Jesus. Um, so uh, we are starting chapter four. Uh, it's on page forty. If you're following along with us, no one is doing it. <laughs> that they they weren't before. They're not after. A lot has changed in this country, but people are not reading the book with us. <laughs> chapter four, titled "Hanging with the Homeboys," and home is italicized. Ah, <laughs> tapping my forehead. Clever. <laughs> I am uh, exerting a lot from at least the beginning of this chapter, so uh, there is information that I am not presenting to you. Want to say that for all transparency's sake. Here we go. 
Have <clears throat> <clears throat> you ever considered that we are more transparent with the way we conduct JTT Junction than the government is with how they're dispersing $2 trillion in relief funds, largely due to corporations? I, I, I think and... about it often, Okay, actually. okay. All right. Well... <laughs> Go back to it, and then. that's why I want to lead by example, sir. That's uh, it's why we don't have... We, did you fire the Inspector General for JTT Junction? Okay, I'm sorry. Go, go. You were clearing your throat, and then I, and I took us on a detour. In the early summer of 1991, Jonathan and the rest of the cast began working on their new sitcom. The series was slated for the 9 p.m. Tuesday night uh, time slot right between ABC's established comedies, Full House and Roseanne. Ooh. Why so late? Initially, Home Improvement was not thought of as a kid's show, since <laughs> the comedy was built around Tim Allen's More Power Macho Man stand-up comedy routine. Hmm. The target audience was thought to be made uh, was thought to be male adults who would re- relate to Tim's Mister Fi- Fix It comedy image. Jesus, too much spit in my mouth. That's what you get. Nice. That's what, that's what you get. Period. Great, great, great <laughs> details. That's what you get for listening to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> It was hoped that women would also tune in just to see how Jill, played by Patricia Richardson, would really rule the roost. It was hoped uh, that women would also tune in. They didn't make a lot of efforts to keep that viewership, but it was hoped that they would stumble onto the show and, you know, watch for a second. As it happened, Home Improvement appealed to all audiences, old, young, male, and female. Mm. On September 17th, 1991, Home Improvement joined the ABC lineup. It was an instant smash, landing at Number nine on the top ten list of TV shows after its first broadcast. Damn. That proved to be no fluke. Granted, I want to point out, no one's fact-checking this book. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> she, she's given erroneous facts in the past, so well, yeah, yeah, take but, that with a grain of salt. But there's fairly clear documentation of what shows were popular at a given time. I mean, that like, there's like a whole business dedicated to ranking those numbers, and they are trumpeted out, you know, pretty loudly. Fair. Yeah, this is also a book intended for young teenage girls and was written in haste, so I wouldn't say... <laughs> I wouldn't give her the benefit of the doubt that she you, did the research. I'm not saying that she didn't. I'm just pointing out... She pro- there's no there's no uh, citation here. <laughs> that's, book, that's all I'm gonna say. This book was probably written in less time than it has taken us to read one I chapter guarantee of it. That is a truth. It, you could it was written in less time than we've spent recording this episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay. They were on uh, number nine out of the top ten. That pr- proved to be no fluke. In a matter of weeks, it was obvious. A solid hit. With, uh, it was obviously a solid hit with TV reviewers and critics scrambling to analyze its appeal. <laughs> At the end of its first season, Home Improvement was rated the number one new TV series, beating out all the others that had debuted that fall. Overall, it was listed as number five on the official Nielsen chart. Mm. Uh, it's popular now. Okay, that's something that you can go and fact check if you wanted to. Okay. Uh, its popularity was further recognized when Home Improvement won the 1992 People's Choice Award for Favorite New Comedy Series and was nominated for an Emmy Award in the Best Comedy category. Oh. <clears throat> Though it remained unacknowledged, the main reason for the unexpected popularity with a youthful audience was the three sons, Brad, Randy, and Mark. Mm. Kids immediately took to the cool, but not too bright... Brad, (laughs) could you you hear me putting my hand up to my mouth there? Yeah, I know. I could hear. It was was good. You telegraphed that very well. Uh, Great. Uh, The mischief-making Randy and the picked-on baby of the clan, Mark. 
that fairly apt descriptions of all three of them, really. Uh, yeah, at least for when this book was written, um, which was you know halfway through the series. Yeah, uh, about what we are. Three of the three of the chi- uh, child actors, Zachary, Jonathan, and Taryn, were all adorable. It was JTT who seemed to ignite that special spark with the audience and fans. Uh, also is true. That... <laughs> Plus a little, I don't know if it's intended or unintended shade uh, to the other guys, but whatever. Um, Jonathan was doing... Well, what I mean, he... look, it, the book is called Totally JTT. It's not called Totally JTT, ZTB, and, uh, and TNS. Like, it, it's Maybe not going to... Maybe it gonna... should be. It Maybe... rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I know. It's it's so it's so easy to say. It's like a poem. with exclamation points after each <laughs> set of initials. Totally JTT, ZTP, and TNS. Um, I, I'm just saying, like, if you if you expected an even-handed treatment of all three of the boys on Home Improvement, you are reading the wrong effing book. This is not fair and balanced. True, true. And this is JTT Junction, not JTT ZTB TNS Junction. Yes. So uh, fair that, point. Well made. We've absorbed it. We agree. We're moving on. You have to. You have to. You have to transfer and change buses twice if you want to get to that junction. That's in a. That's in a whole different part of town. And honestly, you don't want to go there after nine p.m. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan was finally doing what he dreamed of for all these years, up to fourteen years old. <laughs> he was on a successful TV sitcom, entertaining millions of people every week. When Home Improvement made its uh, first season debut, JTT had just celebrated his tenth birthday. Wow. Despite his youth and inexperience on a TV series, uh, which is contrary to what she's been saying, that he had all this experience going into this, but whatever. We don't need to point out the hypocrisy here. Um, <clears throat> his adjustment to the daily routine was quite smooth. Uh, most importantly, he understood his character even better now that he was actually playing him. <laughs> Quote, I'm like Randy because we're both always thinking and scheming, Jonathan revealed in one of his first interviews for Kids Day, a section of the New York newspaper Newsday. Quote, I have an older brother, so I'm always trying to find ways to get back at him for things he did to me. <laughs> uh, end quote. Of course, there are some things Randy got away with in uh, on real... Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, so there's a, a visual pun here that I didn't even catch earlier. Ooh. So. Here's here's I got to read the sentence over again. Okay. Of course, there are some things that Randy got away with on real life, on real life, R E E L. Uh, uh on real life oh, that boy. JTT wouldn't try in real life. God damn. So this uh, is okay, for those of you who are not following along at home, which is all of you. This is the <laughs> shit that you're missing out on by not by not torrenting this book and and following with us. It's you don't have to torrent it. It's on archive.org. Oh, of uh, course. you can go rent it from the National Library for free. Um quote, "I would never go as far as Randy does," he continued, referring to a silly uh silly sibling squabble on home improvement like, "I couldn't put my 16-year-old brother in a garbage can." Da, 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 da. Okay. Jonathan did admit that the grind of the weekly series was tough, but there was a major upside. In one of his first press conferences at the, at Disney Studios, he told reporters, It's fun, but it's work. Everybody's always anxious to get things done on time. You have deadlines, you have cues, but you meet a lot of new people like Tim Allen, who's a great guy, and Patricia Richardson and the rest of the cast. Don't let me forget anyone. It's a really nice set to work on. End what? quote. Wow, that kind of kind of feel like that quote could have been edited a little bit more, but uh, okay. 
are you, are you telling that to me or to Michael Ann Johns? Well, I'm I'm just saying it's it's like it's a great it's a great set to work on. Don't let me forget anyone. It's like yeah, I got to cover your ass with what the gaffers or something. <laughs> well, he doesn't mention the other ZTB or TNS here. Ah, okay, um, maybe that's maybe that's the real thing. Or, or Earl Hinman or uh, Richard Carn. I mean, he doesn't mention anyone else. True, what not mentioning I, Richard Carn is a real. Uh, that's that that was a real. That was a real slip up there. That's a real slip up. Oh God, Landon! I'm... <laughs> Let's end there for today. I feel yes. like we've derailed enough. Uh, we'll go into <laughs> and, and the more... trolley isn't even refueled yet. That's the weird thing. <laughs> we, and we don't have a joke to propel us back to the episode. What do we do? No, trapped here forever. Um, okay, but so yeah, JTT, JTT getting kind of famous uh, and talking to the press, and uh, his star is is rising. I think those are all the big takeaways that we have to do with that. Yep. That would be what would go on the dust jacket for the back of this one segment of Totally JTT if it was released (laughs) as a series of one-page long books. Back to the episode. Yes. Um, Tim uh, is in the um, kitchen now, and he's sneaking some uh, crackers. And um, his mom comes down and tells him not to eat before dinner. And (laughs) I really like Tim's uh, interaction here with both uh, her and Jill, because he's like, well, with a mouthful of crackers. Well, Jill lets me. (laughs) And then and then Jill comes in and says, Tim, why are you eating crackers right before dinner? And he pauses just like, well, mom lets me. (laughs) (laughs) It is a good bit. It is a good bit. Uh, Uh. and then before they, they head out, uh, Jill and uh, Lucille, Tim's mom, uh, talk about how special that uh, her how special her relationship with Mr. Leonard Art is. Yes. Yeah. And she's I mean, and this kind of comes about because Jill, you know, uh, 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 Tim's mom is going to be watching the boys and Jill mm-hmm. saying, no, oh, well, you know, normally we don't let the babysitter have her boyfriend come over, but I'll make an, ex- you know, make an exception if you want to call uh, call Art. And she says, oh, no, he's you know, we I don't want to overdo it with him. He's spending time with his daughter tonight. But she's talking about like ah, how happy they are together and how yeah, and uh, even Tim chimes in to says uh, he's happy for her. Yeah, which is which is uncharacteristically deep from Tim to like acknowledge <laughs> someone else's happiness and express happiness for their happiness. That's yeah, kind of colossal. Look at how far of we've come. He says it with a mouthful of crackers and then denies that he has a mouthful of crackers. And Jill <laughs> says, "Oh yeah, whistle," <laughs> which and is he's... just like a stupid, silly <laughs> moment that has nothing to do with anything, but it still made me giggle a little bit. It takes it takes real balls to be eating crackers from the box that both of them can see, have admitted to both of them that you are eating crackers by saying either Jill lets me or mom lets me, and then deny a second later that you're eating crackers. That 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 is that is Trump administration level lying right there. Oh my god. And then we get a whistle transition to the restaurant where Tim and Jill are arriving um for their reservation. They walk up to the Major D. And yep. I don't, God, this is a joke that I, like, maybe it's just because it feels like a dad joke. There's something about this that gave me the reaction of, like, motherfucker, that is funny, and I hate that I laughed at it. Because <laughs> um, he walks up, it's an Italian restaurant, the maitre d' says, buongiorno, and Tim just goes, no, Taylor, Tim Taylor. <laughs> It's so stupid. And he said, but he said something like, like, every time I come to one of these Italian places, they're calling me Bongiorno. It's not my name. And, and Jill just says, oh, yeah, thanks for straightening him out on that. 
and you know, I, then they go and ruin the the laughter I got of that by literally just repeating the joke with the waiter saying "Buongiorno," and he goes "See," si? and it's like, yeah. "Okay, you're extending that." Your your good graces, my suspension of disbelief that I laughed at that joke the first time. Uh, anyway, it, it's Jill, it, it was it was amazing that they got even one laugh out of that, and then they just had to go back to that well for a little bit more and uh, and and ruin the whole thing. And then we get another joke that was like, "What the fuck is that?" It just felt like an absurdist thing. Where right before they sit down, Tim just tells Jill, "Go wash your hands." Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's not coming off of another joke. And she's like, what? She's it, like, it, it, I, oh, I guess I'm so used to being around the kids. Yeah, like, she she says, I'm going to go use the ladies' room. And he says, wash your hands. But, yeah, it's, it, like, it comes so far out of nowhere. <laughs> and also, it, it doesn't tie into anything else. And also, Tim does not strike me as the kind of parent who would be really on top of his exactly. kids being hygienic. It'd be Tim yeah. being like, yeah, ah, like Tim, Tim is the. It would make more sense for Tim to say, "I'm going to go use the bathroom," and Jill saying, "Wash your hands," and Tim going like, "Ugh." <laughs> exactly. That, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, then, that feel, honestly, it feels like a bit where the writer is like one of the, like they had you know whoever wrote this episode. I've I've forgotten. You said it earlier, and I'm Rosalind Moore and Howard J. Morris. So it's it seems like one of them had that experience with their wife in re or like <laughs> yeah. with their wife or husband in relation to like them having to had. Tell their, tell their kids that a lot. Yeah, like, they we just have to like, put this in the show. And they needed a beat between getting from point A to point B. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever that, that axiom is about how many laughs you need on a page. Yeah. Um, and then begins uh, what I initially thought was, oh, God, no, not this snooty waiter bit um, that we've seen in every 80s comedy <laughs> where there's a blue-collar person going to... You know, I'm thinking the Blues Brothers or King Ralph or uh, 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 Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris, anyone? Yep. Yeah. There you go. Um, the, and, the 80s. You know, the 80s really hated fancy waiters. They hated fancy did. restaurants and they hated fancy the people who worked in them. Don't don't hate the wait staff. They're the they're the people were. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's 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 the upper crust aristocratic people that are attending these restaurants that we want to hate it's the people at the other tables who are the real villains like the, these movies thought that anyway. like the, the movies like acted like at the end of the day the snooty waiter goes home take like he takes off his tuxedo goes home <laughs> puts on another tuxedo and is then is like really snooty to his wife and is like yeah. you know would you care for some potato chips with your football tonight <laughs> oh my god uh that makes me want to go watch the meaning of life um uh, oh god <laughs> <laughs> Just um, a, one more wafer. The, I, wafer thin. Wafer thin. It, um, a, a movie that, like, every bit of that movie is hysterical, except for the Mr. Creosote scene, which is so immensely triggering and disturbing to me. Yeah. Everything around it is great. <laughs> um, But, so, th- thus begins this, where he hands him the wine menu. Tim looks at it and, you know, bulks it, like, oh, is that the price of the wine or the wa- vineyard? Uh, Just and a decent line. Suddenly, the the what I was gonna what I was expecting the waiter to be turns out to be a hilarious performance by this this character actor who just like so when he whips the 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 menu out of Tim's hands I'm like oh god here we go yeah he's given this line he's like well we have a root beer that is quite amusing <laughs> and I'm like what a funny turn of phrase a root beer. Which is so apt for what 
Tim's persona is in the moment. A root and to beer? call it amusing was really funny to me. <laughs> it's like they took they, it's like they read an actual like wine uh, like a, someone's description of like what a wine tastes like. Oh, an amusing you know an am- amusing rosé with notes of garlic or something. Oh my god, I loved it. Uh, and Tim just orders, you know, give us uh, uh, two glasses of your house white wine or something. Uh, and then this cues uh, Mr. Leonard, uh, Art, to walk in. Uh, and Tim kind of catches him going in the background past his table. Uh, mm-hmm. And something catches his eye. He, he, or he, he I know, he was going to go uh, say hello to him. But then he recognizes, oh, he's not with his daughter. He's with another woman. And then he Tim ducks down uh, behind the... What do you call that? Trellis? What do you call that thing? I think it's just the planter. It's just like a... Well, the the planter's in in the thing that I'm talking about. Whatever that kind of breakaway wall is. I'm I'm not an architect, man. I don't even pretend to be an architect. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Tim's looking through a planter uh, into the other room where Mr. Leonard and uh, uh, his date, as it turns out, um, have just been seated. And 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 Art's thing is just big long kisses in public. He is all about that <laughs> scene. Uh, yeah, but you know this is a sitcom, so maybe it is a metaphor or allegory for uh, what he is really into, because we can't show that on uh, primetime TV. Yes, yes, okay. That's that's yeah, so. What he's, he's just... really into is having sex in restaurants, but all he can do is kiss in restaurants. <laughs> Um, so Tim is kind of, uh, staring behind the bushes and I had a moment here, much like you seem to have at the beginning of every episode where, uh, I thought that this was going to go into Tim seeing this and nobody believing him that he saw this. Mm -hmm. So when Jill comes back, I expected the scene to kind of break up and that she wouldn't see what Tim saw. So I really liked the turn where Jill is now in on Tim's antics. You don't see that very often on this show. They're so pitted against each other so much uh so often that yeah it's kind of nice to see them aligned on the same team against something else yeah and, and against something else that also like usually when they're on the same team it's like oh one of the boys but now it's like <laughs> right. it's them being on the same team about something that is totally outside yeah. of parenthood responsibilities so I, I, I found that enjoyable too yeah and well to to be fair you know jill tries to justify it right out the gate saying oh well you know your mom did say she, uh, Mr. Leonard was spending time with his daughter. Maybe that's his daughter. And then they kiss. And, and uh, uh, Jill's like, well, you know, families, sometimes families kiss on the lips. And Tim's like, not that long. Only families from Deliverance do. <laughs> and I also just, I, I kind of, one of these things that I love is that Tim is simultaneously so oblivious about most aspects of culture, but then he can pull out a Deliverance reference. <laughs> Uh, well, I think Burt Reynolds is in his wheelhouse pretty, um... Okay, that... Pretty yeah. firmly. Yeah, no, you've got me there. Okay, we're good. We're uh, good. and then we cut back, <laughs> cut to, like... So we've been looking at them, you know, kind of head-on peering through this thing, and we cut back to the wide shot of their table where the waiter is just standing there. Like, he's already re- reappeared with two glasses of wine on a tray, just staring at the backs of Tim and Jill's heads. And it was, like, the perfect way to reintroduce this character. Not, like, having him stumble upon them. Just, like, there. The joke is just right in front of your face. Uh, <laughs> he's like, so, would you like your wine served in the planter? <laughs> or do you want it at the table? Um <laughs> 
And and Tim for some reason tries to save face with this guy and and says like, "Oh, we were just admiring the greenery." Well, what are these called? And he goes, "Plants." <laughs> I don't know why this character really just made me giggle. I, I really got a kick out of him. In fact, let's go into a character actor corner. Let's um, let's. Okay, so this character actor. Uh, now we said that he is nameless, but he is credited as Antonio. Antonio. Uh, and he is played, I, per, forgive me for butchering this pronunciation, but uh, Vasily Bonazios, B-O-G-A-Z-I-A-N-O-S. Bo, you know, I'm going to let the Italian person on this podcast try and uh, try and decipher that one. I'm not going to jump in. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to try it. I, I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> I have Sicilian heritage, but I am not claiming to have any uh, uh, idea about Italian culture, so I will let that go for what it is. This guy, um, going all the way back to 1979, uh, mm. he was in the Al Pacino drama And Justice for All. Ooh. That was his first uh, movie credit. He also appeared on Days of Our Lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 31 episodes of The Edge of the Night, um, which looks like another uh, soap opera. Um, trying to find something familiar here. Jake and the Fat Man. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone loves that. <laughs> Knott's Landing. That was one of my mom's favorite shows. Ah, yes. Beverly Hills, 90210. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dream On, the HBO series. I really want to watch that. Why is that not available anywhere? Yeah, I don't know. Chicago Hope. Lewis and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Mm. Uh, Mad About You, The Nanny, mm. The Practice. Uh, mm. Jag. Mm. Becker. Okay. Now, now here we go, Turbin. NYPD Blue. Okay. Uh, most recently, he was on The Blacklist, starring James Spader. I think I have my answer. NCIS Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, I got to remind you, I'm confident in my grunt count guess, and you got natively, not even with a clue, you got the the grunt count, or you got the guess that title. So the Chalupas are really on the line with your guess here. Why are you putting so much pressure on me? Because now I feel like I'm going to change my guess because you're putting this pressure on. But then what if I also, change the Also, I want to point one? out, he's not Italian, he's Greek. Okay, well then that helps me so much with the with the task I'm trying to do. No, but here. I want to. I just want to be accurate with our reporting here. Great. Okay, based on the fact that he's on NYPD Blue, I'm going to say yep. he was on ER. Truman. Landon. Truman. Oh, he wasn't on ER. <laughs> he was not on ER. I apologize to our fans. I just hit the microphone with my fist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you might have to edit that one out. Um, uh, this is what bitter defeat uh, sounds like. I, you know, I'm gonna say this is what bitter defeat smells like because I can I can smell it uh, myself. I'm just gonna I'm just walking away from the mic for, for just just keep just just do the do the show without me for a sec. I just gotta <laughs> gotta walk this one off, man. 
mostly a TV actor. Uh, he brings a lot to this role. I'm very, very excited to see him here. I wish that he was a recurring actor on the show, but uh, he's yeah, not. You know, so you, you know, you know what I wish. You know what? I, you what? know what? I, I wish he was a recurring actor on ER because that would be <laughs> that would have made my life a lot better. <laughs> Fucking shit. As well as our listeners. Hey, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. He, he, you know, I, I would wager, no, Landon, you know what? I would wager I would wager that it is his fault that he wasn't on ER. If he'd tried a little harder and applied himself more. I, all he needed was one episode. It, on it was a good, popular show. I have, it on, <laughs> I have it on good evidence that he lobbied so hard to be on ER for every single season that it was on, but his agent just couldn't make it work. So get a new agent. <laughs> <sighs> um, <sighs> let's not let that diminish his amazingness on this episode. You know, this, this is you know, people say that comedy is harder than drama. This is this is it though. This is like this is it. <laughs> to, to, that I have to after this try to continue to bring joy into this this world. <laughs> after at, like I that I have to suffer the slings and arrows and pressure of this fucking job. <laughs> what outrageous fortune you have here. <laughs> <sighs> um. <laughs> Anyway, so they, the waiter drops off the the wine, and Jill and Tim start talking about what they just witnessed with uh with Mr. Leonard, um and all of a sudden they see Mr. Leonard get up with his date and they uh head for the door, causing Tim and Jill to uh, uh scramble in a fury and hide under the table, um. And as they're, you know, hiding from Mr. Leonard, who does not see them on his way out, uh, the waiter comes back yet again to ask them if they're ready to order and (laughs) finds them cowering, uh, shivering under the table in fear that Mr. Leonard would have spotted them. And and I want to say, coming out of my sadness cocoon, that this was <laughs> funny, but it 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 did it committed the cardinal sin of reminding me of a funnier bit in a thing that I liked better, which is the movie uh, What's Up Doc. I don't know if you've seen uh-huh. that the, the, the Ryan O'Neill one. Yeah, yeah. yeah where where uh, or is that Robert Redford? I. Th- think it's Ryan O'Neill, but I am now not sure. Barbara Streisand's in it. I know that much. But, yeah. like, th- there's this scene where, you know, Barbara Streisand is at this dinner table with all these people. And, uh, you know, she's uh, – the guy that she's with, like, is trying to say something privately to her. So he, like, ducks his head under the table to talk to her. And she ducks her head under to talk to him. And presently everyone else at the table ducks their head under to be talking to them under the table. And then one of, you just get this shot <laughs> of one of the waiters talking to one of the other waiters and say, like, what kind of wine are you pouring at table three? And we get this look where everyone at the table has their head under the table. <laughs> That reminds me of something I like, which is a TV movie called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, where Mm. uh, a woman moves into a mansion with her busy husband and is afraid that there are gremlins uh, uh, hunting the house. Perhaps a new batch. Dinner party scene. uh, The first time in the movie we actually see the monsters. She feels something tugging on her leg. She pulls up the the tablecloth and sees a hideous, really jarring and scary. A uh, uh, little monster face staring up at her. Uh, it's terrifying. It's one of the best shock moments um, uh, of the seventies, maybe. Wow. Uh, well, I'm. You know, that reminds me of um, <laughs> of this episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> Free association work. <laughs> uh, a game uh, that we're not good at. Um, yeah. So, uh, off of Would You Like to Hear the Specials, we get a tablecloth transition to the kitchen where Brad, Randy, and Mark are talking to Grandma. 
Yes, and they are asking if uh, she and Mr. Leonard are going to get married, and she says, oh, I don't know. I mean, that's it takes a while to make that decision. And then uh, Mark or Randy asks, like, are you going to, well, are you going to live together first like mom and dad did? And I guess Tim's mom, A, didn't know this, and B, cares, <laughs> gives a shit. Like, oh, yeah, they lived together before getting married and giving you three beautiful grandchildren. Oh, shit. Right. <laughs> but and she's she, like what and randy i don't like these types of jokes i'm gonna just put that out there i feel like mm-hmm. they're really cheap and easy where randy just goes oh i said uh that they really liked the weather yep yep <laughs> it's not the only time that joke is good is when they do it in in wet hot american summer and the joke is that they're uh, like i didn't i didn't say smear mud on my ass i said my buds in class um <laughs> right yeah, that that well-known reference. Um, but they they do they do follow it up though, where uh, I think Brad says something like, it's "Oh, Brad, well, yeah, yeah, you you misheard it. Uh, uh, like, how's your hearing?" She says, "My hearing maybe is fine. Your, maybe you should get your ears checked. My hearing's yeah. fine." <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, how's your memory?" Um, <laughs> I, I'm. It's hard to to capture the essence of a Brad delivery. Yeah, uh, but this is probably one of the best Brad deliveries because he he somehow encapsulates his like limited capacity for understanding. I don't want to call him a dum dum, but there's like you could see him trying to work it out on his face, but he also kind of knows he's telling a joke. God forbid you should call him a dum dum. That would be <laughs> uh, truly uh, tr- we would go we would have gone too far to to break out the dd word. <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh, they they head out. Tim and Jill arrive home, uh, and they're they're talking strategy outside the front door before they walk in about how they're going to handle uh, dealing with uh, Tim's mom and what uh, Tim's going to say to Mister Leonard. Uh, but they finally walk in, and uh, Lucille didn't expect them home so early, so she's like, "Well, maybe I'll go over and say hi to say hi to Art, surprise him." Yes, and uh, they they say, "Oh no, you shouldn't. You should uh, talk to us instead." Um, you know, oh, he's probably he's probably gone to bed already, and and uh, <laughs> Tim gives a little under his breath. Yeah, I'm certain that he's gone to bed already. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so th- this this just like kind of. I don't know. This just resolves in this weird way where it's like, uh, you know, well, I, I, you know, Tim's saying like, no, you should stay here because I really want to talk to you. And then Tim's mom basically is like, well, that's good. We can talk about how you and Jill lived together before you were married. And it, I, I kind of like the the joke here where Tim immediately pivots like without missing a beat and just goes, Jill, you handle that. I'll handle the coffee. Yeah, because <laughs> Jill's putting coffee on. I, I don't know. It, it was just like a weird like I, that whole I, that felt like a thing that could be like there's enough meat on that bone to be potentially a whole episode like trying to yeah. deal with with mom's opinion of that and instead it's like nope we're gonna burn this for for like a couple of weird jokes i, I, I don't know fair yeah it, it I, I get you yeah. i liked i i liked <laughs> if the fact that they chose to go out on a joke i thought that the way they delivered the joke was good but i agree with you that that would have been a much more interesting episode for sure yeah yeah uh um, well thank you i think so too <laughs> We go to Tool Time, um, where apparently Wilson has uh, brought his metal headwear collection. Uh, he is into metal arts and specifically making metal headwear. Um, yeah. I wish that I think they're kind of going for this, but I wish they were more blatant about every week. Wilson has some sort of new wacky hobby that we never knew about. I mean, it's kind of ingrained in his character, but I don't feel like they hit 
that as a joke. I mean, I think, think I think they hit that as a joke pretty hard. I think they really? sli- I, 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 yeah. I mean, just the fact that every week it's at the oh, Wilson. What are you doing? Well, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm do-. like it's implied that he's always done these things, but just that he has so many that it's always a different yeah, thing. Okay. I don't. I don't know, Landon. No, I, 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 I fully smack down your joke. No, it wasn't a joke. It was just an observation. I think I, I smacked on your observation is what I meant. Uh, maybe there's just a different, a different approach. I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm so used to it that uh, I don't see it as a joke anymore. <laughs> it's when you see it when you see it just him fucking around in his backyard. It looks different than when he's on the tool time set. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's just it's jarring now that this season they're actively trying to get Wilson out from behind the fence and doing more. I think they, they discovered in season four, Hey, you know, this is an extra bit of fun we can have with Earl Hinman by finding new creative ways to hide his face. Let's get him out from behind the fence and, you know, put a stack of Shakespeare books in front of his face or put a uh, police, a metal policeman's hat in front of his face. Uh, Yeah. And, and, to that point, I this speak like what I was just saying about the joke about Tim and Jill having lived together before they were married. I feel like Wilson's first ever appearance on Tool Time is something that I would have liked to have a whole episode about because I feel like yeah. this would be a much better. Like I'm suddenly so interested in like what is Wilson like on camera? I, I mean, he's good. <laughs> like a thing in this in this right. episode is that he's very nervous and has stage fright to the point of having to go throw up. Like there's a lot of and we ex- have a yeah. brilliant exchange between him and Al here, who Al yeah. is trying to like prep him for the. The segment and thanking him for coming on and sharing his metal hat collection and uh, Wilson's just like I've always had a passion for making metal hats metal headwear is yeah. specifically how he phrases it uh, and then Wilson kind of admits to Al that he has uh, you know nerves about this of course he he phrases it in his you know uh, wordy Wilson way and um, when he does Wilson uh, Al's like I don't. I don't understand Wait, what you mean. He's, he's like, he well, says, I, he says, I fear I'm about to experience reverse peristalsis, and Al doesn't know what he means. And then he says, What's regular peristalsis? I think that's just eating. Oh. Because so then, because fin- but finish reverse, the joke. Yeah. Reward. So then he goes, well, uh, I think that means blow chowder. Yeah. <laughs> a, a phrase that I don't think I've heard maybe since this episode aired. <laughs> Yeah, no, Wilson, because everyone else heard Wilson say it, and they're like, well, we have to take that one out of our books now. Wilson Wilson crushed it. We can't, uh, we can't compete with that. Um, Tim comes in and talks to Wilson for a few seconds, and uh, uh, they're starting to go to air, and I like that Al just <laughs> throws just a, kind of a throwaway line to Tim. Don't stand too close to Wilson as he yeah. walks away. Um, yeah, but then, uh, so... Yeah, he he. But yeah, Tim asks Wilson. I guess just like uh, he asks about the situation with uh, with Art because they're waiting on they're waiting on Mr. Leonard to show up, and he's he's yep. late to set. And you know, he describes what happened, and and Wilson says it seems like yeah, your your shop teacher has a problem with monogamy. And Tim goes, I don't care what kind of wood he uses. Did not Yep, that's a Tim Tim move. I, you I don't even, even you didn't even strength. finish the bit. <laughs> just two notes. Name yeah. that tune. You get it at this point. Yeah, you've um. listened to this show. <laughs> Uh, and then we cut to, um, I mean, was there another point that they made between Tim and Wilson there? No, not really. Yeah. We cut to a, a little bit later on tool time where Tim is apparently filling time until Mr. Leonard appears by doing a really insane Spartacus bit. You could tell that Tim Allen, the actor was improvising this whole thing. And, and also uh, has not seen Spartacus. He's just wearing like a, 
He's wearing like one like this this like Roman army helmet, just going, "I'm Spartacus." Hey, no, I'm Spartacus. Yeah. Ooh, get over here, Spartacus. Hey, Spartacus, what's up with Spartacus? Hey, Spartacus, and little Miss Muffet. I I've related my really memorable recent experiencing Spartacus in the big big screen recently, uh, and can say with full confidence, there's not a single helmet in that movie. No. <laughs> um. Anyway, they uh, as Tim's doing this, they throw it to a the fastest commercial break that's ever existed. As yeah. Mr. Leonard arrives, uh, Tim asks him, "Where have you been?" And Mr. Leonard's like, "I was getting the stitches out of the nail you shot me in the ass with." Oh yeah, I guess it does come back. Yeah, it, the whole the whole cold open was setting up this moment. It was setting up that <laughs> awesome "I am Spartacus" bit. Uh, but Tim is already kind of showing his passive aggressiveness because he knows what Mr. Leonard's been up to, even though he doesn't have the full context of it. Uh, and Al comes back again from the shortest commercial break ever. I don't even, it's not even enough for a five second YouTube commercial that you click (laughs) skip ad on. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't even, it's not, it's not even a message from our sponsors. It's just like a very quick, like shot of like a hammer and you're supposed to it's like subliminal messaging commercials seriously tyler durden yeah Um, they come back and uh they go into the segment and this is where they i don't know what the project is but they have a sheet of metal and um a display of different types of hammers ball peen hammers uh other Attack hammer. I think that's a type well. of hammer. Um, <laughs> a mallet. That, there yeah, was a rubber that, mallet. That's a type of hammer. Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. <laughs> MC hammer is there. Some hammer pants. <laughs> MC scat cat. Uh, I don't know why he's there, but uh, yeah, he's got nothing like weird. It, it seems like he's friends with the grunt creep. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like they have a lot in common, but opposites attract. Uh, Do you think the grunt creep? in his portal to the void has another portal to cool world and or toontown i absolutely cool world not toontown <laughs> cool world is for the disturbing animated things that we don't like <laughs> i think that if you i think that if you are a bad cartoon in toontown and you commit mortal sins and you and you, you die cool without world. without converting yes you it, like cool world is hell for toontown <laughs> oh my god you know when hell Um, comes to frogtown uh cool world is hell comes to toontown anyway (laughs) so uh as mr leonard is starting to go through the types of hammers that he would uh want to use on this you know al's kind of walking through all that technical aspects with him and he's like well actually i want to use uh two different types of hammers on this uh, particular bit and tim uses this as the uh launching off stage to start getting really passive aggressive with uh, Mr. Leonard about, Oh, I see you can't just pick one hammer and stick with it. You gotta, you gotta explore all the different hammers, right? Um, You'll hammer with anything. Won't you? I mean, I used to look up to you and then instead you go out to restaurants and just pick up tools and make out with them. (laughs) And then, and then at that point, Al jumps in with another commercial break for he, the shortest seg- segment ever and the shortest commercial break. He he dives in front of the camera like a Secret Service agent, just like jumps <laughs> it like right in front of the camera like, hey, how about another commercial? <laughs> which I love, oh my God. which I just love. Yeah. Uh, and then Tim and um, Mr. Leonard go backstage and Tim, you know, kind of confesses, hey, I saw you last night. Doesn't kind of confess. He completely confronts uh, Mr. Leonard about it. One hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Leonard, this is where we had mentioned the kind of problematic scene where Art tries to kind of justify what 
his actions were. You know, I went there to break it off with her, but, uh, you know, as much as I said goodbye, she kept saying hello. <sighs> um, and then he goes into the whole spiel about, I've been married for 40 years. This is the first time in a long time that I haven't been attached. And uh, I guess I guess I got kind of carried away. Sorry, folks, for adultery. I, I guess it's not <laughs> well, adultery. Well, it's not, not, not adultery. But... Sorry for being shitty. Sorry for just <laughs> not doing the basic not shittiness. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. Uh, not, but, th- not that there's anything wrong with dating multiple people if you are absolutely clear with them what your intentions are. Yes. You, you know, not that that even needed to be illustrated here, <laughs> but I don't want to shame like, people who are dating multiple people. Yeah, you know, we, we don't want to come across as a couple of squares here on grunt work. <laughs> we're not we're not anti-swinger. We're just like pro-communication. Exactly. That Look, is the new tagline for our show. Yes, yes. Look, ever we we encourage all of you if you want to and if your partner wants to go to a key party. It's fine. Maybe they're coming back. Well, don't do Maybe, it now. Not, Social yeah, distancing don't is Don't do important. it right now. <laughs> do, either get in a time machine and go back to before coronavirus or just back to the 70s when key parties were popular or go to the future when we've got this thing under control and you just like go, like do that, but just don't do it secretly. That's what we're saying. Exactly, exactly. Um so uh they Al comes back and says, Hey, we're about to get back from commercial, so they all run in and um you know, at this point, uh, uh I think it's worth mentioning that Art said, you know, um I I'm gonna do the right thing. I am going to just uh pare down to one. Um I don't know exactly how he leaves this. Does he say I have to make the decision or because he doesn't quite say it's your mom, I'm gonna do your mom, because do your mom is what I just said. Oh uh, boy. <laughs> Oh, boy. (laughs) Because when they cut back from commercial, they're talking about the hammers again, and Tim says, well, I hope you, you know, uh, in choosing your hammer, realize that uh, you have an allegiance to the son of Balpeen. (laughs) Son of Balpeen sounds like the sequel to Conan the Barbarian, but (laughs) neither here nor there. (laughs) We get a hammer transition uh, to the uh, Tim and Jill's bedroom where uh, Jill is trying to listen in on Art and Lucille uh, downstairs um, while got, Tim is just lying in bed reading a magazine. Yeah, Tim is Tim is surprisingly not involved in this, given that it's his mom and his father figure. But, uh, yeah, they've, they've flipped on the intercom downstairs so they can listen in through the upstairs intercom. And, it, I, yeah, you know, you'd think, oh, boy, here come the fireworks, but they really don't. Like, it's just, uh, it's just, he, like, says, look, I w- there was someone else, but, uh, I've, you know, I'm sorry, and she's out of the picture now, and it's just you, and she says, yeah, I, I knew, I could tell because of how stupid Tim and Jill were acting, and we got a shot of Tim and Jill kind of going, what? A little bon mot to each other. Yeah. And, uh, then they I just- I want to point out- Yeah. I, uh, a set direction thing. There was on their, their- <laughs> massive display of magazines on their coffee table. There mm-hmm. was a Detroit magazine. Oh yeah, a little little blast from their past, huh? I couldn't see if it said inside Detroit, but uh that goes back to my original point when Jill first started there. Is it inside of Detroit magazine or is it inside Detroit? Mm. This was just Detroit magazine. So uh do we need to crack that open to vindicate me from season two? I I think we have to, man. Leave no leave no magazine unturned. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wait till there's more evidence and crack it open then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I I can trust you to keep on watching the backgrounds. That's one thing we always we always. This know. was in the foreground, sir. Oh, okay, okay. The foreground memes. 
<laughs> anything but the main action. Yeah, the main action is all I focus on. <laughs> uh, so as Tim and Jill are listening, uh, all of a sudden it goes silent. There's no sound, and they're not sure what's happening. Um, and Tim goes over to the intercom and uh, just what does he say here? Uh, let's see. He well. Well, what, because because they're not hearing any sound, and then he because they're making out essentially. Yeah, 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 they're making out. But he just, I think he just goes over and just says, "Hey, Mr. Leonard," or something like that. Like nothing even <laughs> funny. It's just that like classic that. catchphrase. Hey, Mr. Leonard. That that was the name of the the uh, that popular TV series, the spinoff they did. Hey, Mr. Leonard. <laughs> oh, uh, um, yeah. So we, we don't even really out. turn it into a joke. No, not even. We fade out, uh, and we come back to our stinger, which is in the restaurant. Tim and Jill have the same waiter as before. Um, uh, Mr. Leonard walks in, and he sees uh, Mr. Leonard with another woman, much younger this time. And uh, (laughs) another really funny bit with the waiter, where the waiter doesn't recognize what Tim and Jill are doing or who they're referring yeah. to. And Tim just goes, I don't believe this guy. And the waiter's like, okay, you got me. Cause he's presenting the dirt dessert choices to him. I, and he I recommends have... the creme brulee. Yeah. <laughs> he recommends a creme brulee. Tim goes, I don't believe this guy. And he goes, okay, you got me. Actually, you might want to try the. No, mousse. wait, yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember the souffle or whatever. It, 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 it was the moose. It was the moose. It was the moose. And yeah. then Jill goes, you can't believe a word he says. <laughs> Waiter's like, okay, okay. You got me. I recommend the lemon tart. Genuinely, yeah. sincerely, the lemon tart. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, who's, who's bribing this waiter to recommend desserts <laughs> that he does not fully believe in? I, well, I've never worked in the food industry, which I know fuck me because that's something that I think everybody probably should experience. Uh, but um, the I would imagine that the the owners of places want to push certain things that they have an overstock of or that might go bad soon. So ah, uh, okay, who cares what the waiter's actually recommending? You can't take a lot of stock in that. Yeah, um, fair, fair. Anyway, they go over to confront Mr. Leonard again, and Tim just launches into it. I can't believe you. This girl is half your age. Blah, blah, blah. And Mr. Leonard just stops him at a certain point and just goes, Tim, I'd like to introduce you to my daughter. (laughs) Oh, of course. It makes sense. She's half your age. Uh, Really kind of a weak ending to this. the, it, it's it gets a little bit stronger when he says, "I'm just going to go back to back to my table and finish my other foot." But that was um, <laughs> that was about it. Yeah. Uh, then we get uh, the outtakes at the end of the episode, where Tim is doing. He has the what he called the Spartacus helmet, peering through the planter with uh, a cigarette and some glasses, and he's doing an impression of the. Kaiser, what what is he doing here? He's got this thick German accent. I I I I don't even know. The whole, I was watching this and I was just confused. And I and the crowd <laughs> is is like I think they were pumping LSD into the into the studio, and the crowd is just high on on their own supply and loving every minute of it. And I just did not get it. <laughs> the crowd's just looking at the reflection of his helmet, going, "There's a different world in there, man. What if the reflection world is actually the real world, and we're just a reflection of that, man? And, 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 Can you and, and, even believe that? And what if, like, Cool World is like hell for Toontown, dude?" <laughs> I felt like we were in Toontown, or, or maybe Cool World at the end of this episode. No, we're, I've never felt oh, yeah, like yeah, I was yeah. in Toontown watching this show. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, that is the end of that episode. Yes. Um, I think we only have just a few things left here. We have to go into the uh, grunt count. Yes, we do. Landon. Do I even have to guess? I, I, I think you have to guess, even though I've like, you know, even though that effing character actor ruined it for me by not being on ER. <laughs> the Chihuahua challenge is, is off. That uh, makes it so I challenging. Have, my confidence in my answer has returned, but Great, I, I can't say that there's, I've not been fooled with this. I've been fooled by this many, many times in the past, so... Yes. Um, my guess for this episode is zero. No, buddy. It's one. Oh, thank you, Truman, for taking the bullet for me. <laughs> I dove in front of it just like Al diving in front of the camera. Oh, man, Landon. You you get so anxious about having to deal with the pressure I deal with every week. <laughs> I, and I, I am humbled by that knowledge that you... Uh, endure more than I do on a weekly basis with this uh, uh, Chalupa Challenge. Thank you. I appreciate where, that. Where does the grunt come in? Uh, it's at the very beginning. It's when they're on, on set at tool time, and when he pulls out the big fancy oh. nail gun, he goes, oh, yeah. I'm still settling in. I'm not quite paying attention to things. It just you gotta right be, by me. Those you got to be on your game the whole time. Fucking grunts, man. Yeah, they'll get you. Son of a bitch. Next Son time, of a bitch. Get I'll me a grunt. be more vigilant. Yeah, we're gonna get these chalupas. I promise. <laughs> well, you I guys, are audience, by the end of season eight, we will all get chalupas. Well, don't don't maybe, write maybe sooner. Don't write checks with your hand that your mouth can't or with your don't write a check with your mouth that your grunt count guessing I'm ability can't. A cash. chalupa with my mouth that my mouth will then cash by the, eating the chalupa that I just wrote with it. Don't type out a Venmo like <laughs> that you don't have the funds in your bank account to fulfill. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh God! This end this episode, but not before thanking a few more people. Yeah, you know you're right. I was about I was about to say that we need to give thanks to some people. I want to say everybody that everything that we did here today would not be possible without the gracious contributions and help from Spencer. Yes. From Michael, thank you. Yes. And thank you to Spencer. Uh, from TJ, thank you. TJ. From I, know, I feel like he gets lost sometimes, so I wanna. I just wanted to we, give a give it an uh, an announcement to his name. We, we, we make such a show out of pronouncing everyone else's names. That is true. <laughs> Followed, of course, by Cheyenne, whose name we are now pronouncing correctly to the point that we have it written down phonetically. Uh, <laughs> that, that, well, just to say, I wrote it phonetically and just copied and pasted it to you, so you got that. And um, I copied and pasted as well. <laughs> and what is writing if not copy and pasting? A plagiarist weighs in. Uh, thank you to Farah. <laughs> Thank you to Manbach, and thank yep. you to Amber, all of you, for your wonderful, wonderful support. We could not do this without you. It's true. Grunt work is made possible by people like you. Um, and you know what? I don't know that I want to go into a lot of the outro stuff here. Uh, I kind of want to um, take this time to to focus our energy in asking people's contributions to things greater than us. Yes. Uh, you've heard so many episodes where we go through this outro bullshit. Go listen to another episode if you want to know all of our links. Uh, there are places to get a hold of us. Uh, I don't know how active we are on social media at the moment, but you can always reach out to us with questions at our email address, info at Gruntwork. I almost went into my personal <laughs> personal address. Oh, boy. Uh, info yeah. at gruntworkpodcast.com. Um, yeah. But really, uh, I don't have any um, charities or anything offhand that well, I, I would... If you have one, Truman, please uh, 
I mean, I, I would just, I would just recommend if you are looking for a way to uh, to donate locally, yes. look into if there is a bail fund in uh, yeah. your area for uh, you know that will help to get people who have been protesting uh, bailed out of jail. Uh, we've seen yeah. a lot of people getting taken to jail for ridiculous reasons, brutalized and taken to jail, not to get too deep into it, opining on this. But if you want to help out, uh, please look for a bail fund. There are bail funds all over the country to help pay bail for people who have been unjustly imprisoned. So contribute to one of those rather than to what we're doing here. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I don't know why I nervous laughed there, but I did. Um, so I guess to try to bring the energy up as we end this episode until next week, when we bring you another episode of home improvement, I've been Landon Solano I've been Truman Caps, and remember, if you're going to cheat on the woman you're dating, do it safely. Make sure you're wearing goggles and no loose-fitting clothing. And standing six feet away from her. Yes, also that. Wear a mask, too. <laughs> See you next week, folks. Uh-huh.